Do you want to know how to propagate your own trees, plants, and flowers for free, and then sell the extras as a side hustle? Welcome to Thrive in the Future podcast, positive solutions to help you thrive, designing your intentional life, homesteading, gardening, and rediscovering culture and tradition. Do you want nut trees? I've got chestnut, elderberry, comfrey, all of them adapted for the Midwest. Check them out on grownuttrees.com. Welcome back to Thrive in the Future. This week, it's part two of my discussion with Grant Payne on how to start a nursery side hustle. We talk about flowers, and we also talk about how to propagate from cuttings, figs, elderberries, beautyberries, etc., etc. I was on the phone today with a guy who wanted me to help him start a plant nursery, essentially. He didn't really know, he didn't really know what he wanted. But everything he said was the definition of a plant nursery. Yep. And I pretty much had to tell him I can't do it. That's something that me and my, my fiance are doing. And so, you know, I feel like he'd be seven minutes away where we're moving on the farm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I cannot use my interpretations of the nursery business and my interpretations of how to do it, lay it out give it to you without any stake in your game and then move seven minutes down the road and start the same thing. Right. So I told him, I said, look, if you need any questions, I'll be more than happy to answer some basic questions. We'll keep in touch. We might do a venture further down in the future, but he has a neighbor who has a, a, who has a vineyard and vineyards are exploding all over Georgia. And he said he, he needs a specific type of grape rootstock, but he can't get it. Because it it comes from Italy. <laughs> hmm. And he says there's not really any good growers here that do that. And he he has to place an order for about 150. Hmm. And I'm like, I told him that if you if he could give me his contact information or give him my contact information, that's something that I can do. And I can if he can give me enough rootstock to go and start with, you know, next year I can maybe start getting that. He the excuse me, him as the vineyard owner would have in contacts with other vineyard owners to say, Hey, this is where I get mine here in Georgia. I can always give him like a, a a eternal discount. If he keeps, you know, throwing that business my way and getting the word out that I can, I can custom grow your rootstock as ordered. Right. Yeah. Another thing to think about is that he does figure out how to do this nursery. Right. And you're seven minutes down the road you're going to specialize in some stuff that he doesn't do. Like, you know, I've, like I said, I've got the apple guy just down the road, but I don't do apples and he doesn't do nuts. Yeah. So, so, well, for me, this is going to be more commercial. So it's going to be like your spring annuals, your vegetable plants. Um, We're going to cover pretty much everything you can go and get at Lowe's from (laughs) shrubbery to trees to, you know, your perennial bulbs, everything. I even want to get into bulb production because there's not a lot of bulb producers in the United States. A lot of that comes from Holland and the the Netherlands. And then there are the caladiums bulbs come from Florida. So I know there are some restrictions on what I have, but you can always, you know, if you get enough crop, like I wholesale bought like uh, 260 paper white bulbs. I planted them, fertilized them heavy. They ended up multiplying by four. Each one turned into four. So if I were to split those again, <laughs> they're going to continue to continue to grow out and multiply exponentially. Same thing with so, anything like amaryllis. So can you take the bulbs and then split them? Yes. 
Oh, you can. Okay. So I'd have, so those 200, like, and they're a, narciss- a narcissist. So that'd be mm-hmm. 260 times four. <laughs> wow. So like Amaryllis, I planted an Amaryllis bulb that I got from my grandmother three years or like three years ago. And that one bulb is now 13. Mm-hmm. Now they're not all the same stage of maturity, but there's still one is now 13 over three years. That's almost four year. If you keep it in good soul, good son, and if it it's in crappy soil, it's basically in our gravel driveway that we we pushed the garden bed forward. We didn't get rid of the driveway; we just put stuff on top of it. So you know, it's in it's not in a, a great place, but you know, Georgia is rich in minerals. We just don't have any topsoil. We're just clay. We're all we're just one hundred percent clay because all of our topsoil was eroded decades ago. Oh wow! Yeah. So. You know, we still do fine, but there's just not enough organic material and organic matter in the soil to kind of mm-hmm. get it going. So you can always, even if you're doing like a vegetable garden or vegetable production, if you work, you know, you know, mulch and leaves into the soil about eight inches down, you'll start to build up, you know, your you a good layer of topsoil that'll be nice, rich, and humus. So you were talking about you were getting cuttings. They were basically discard cuttings, like just trims off yeah. of plants from, uh, you know, some local place like a Home Depot or something where, you know, one of your relatives works there. Right. And uh, you were taking them home and rooting them out. So how do you how do you do that? What's your process for that? Do you just stick them into some soil and no. or do you do something special? Rooting hormone is your best friend. Now, I didn't know this, but there are three strengths of rooting hormone. Really? I have not. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. There's rooting hormone for hardwoods, softwoods, and and then there's rooting hormone for like uh, vegetative plants. Hmm. So I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't even know that until this past semester. Um, we had we got a new teacher, and he he gets much more in depth with you know the field. Um, cool. So I just get like a a regular, just just a regular root hormone go crazy go crazy with numbers because half of it will probably die you <laughs> you you always think you have too much don't do it you probably have just enough if you have more that's great you have more so you always want to do too much because you can always get your stuff together and make it happen you can't really go back and fight the time if you didn't plan out to do enough right um so you've you've taken the cuttings from the plants over there, mm-hmm. you stick them in rooting hormone. You're stick them in the in the ground. Are yep. you watering them? Are you spraying them? What what is the best way? I, to- I keep them inside uh, under grow lots, and mm-hmm. it's in a nice it's in a nice good potting mixture. And then okay. just kind of keep it keep it moist. Don't keep it wet, but just kind of keep it moist. Uh, make sure it doesn't dry out, and then just give it time three weeks at least. Um, stuff like coleus, begonias, extremely easy to propagate. Lantana, easy to propagate. Um, you know, celosia uh, is easy to propagate. All these different things are kind of relatively easy to propagate. Um, like you could even take some of your, like you could take dahlias. You know, dahlias are a tuber in the ground. So you mm-hmm. could take the vegetative part of a, the dahlia, cut it up, root it. And then it'll create new fresh tubers over time. Wow. Yeah, I had a lady contact me on Facebook today, and she was saying, um, "How do you, how do you do mulberry cuttings?" 
So I said, well, I usually take on my, I take the mulberry cutting and I do just like you said. And she was saying that she takes the mulberry and she sticks it in a pot of water and it, and it starts sprouting. And I'm like, I've never seen that happen before. Yeah. You, there's a, you can root figs in water. You can probably root pomegranates in water. Mm-hmm. Um, I've rooted, I accidentally rooted an American beauty berry and I didn't even know what it was. It just started growing in the middle of one of my raised beds. And I'm like, this is a straight up plant. And I'm like, its leaves were different than a beauty bed. Then it started putting on fruit first year. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this is awesome. So <laughs> That's awesome. And then I did the same thing with elderberry. I broke off a stick, shoved it in the ground, and it rooted yeah. by itself. I'm That's leaving this just in my garden beds. Now, do you want to take more res- more responsible cuttings? About eight inches, six to eight inches is good. Uh, cut it at a 45 degree angle, scratch a little bit, and dip it in your root and hormone, put it in your dirt, keep it in a place where they won't freeze and gets plenty of light. Mulberry trees, I do say do the same thing, but most of these things, yeah, you could root, root it in water. You have a higher chance of it rotting mm-hmm. um, if you don't change the water frequently enough. Um, it's also for me, that's just a hassle. It's like you have to go change the water when it's in this, sure. you let it do its thing. You let it take its time and it, it, it just, it, it, it kind of gets rid of the chance of rotting. They could straight up die, but they wouldn't necessarily rot because you forgot to change the water. Yep. Yeah, I do elderberry cuttings where, so I planted elderberries in an apple guild around an apple tree and elderberries are outperforming the apple tree. So every year I have to go in heavily prune them back. So I just take the stick. I was putting them in uh, in a pot with rooting hormone, but then they weren't transplanting very well in like may and june so i just take the stick like you said i just stick the stick in the ground and and i've Mm -hmm. got elderberry all over the place now so if you want to look at it from a more i would say nursery perspective is you'll want to root them get make sure they're fertilized You, you need to make sure they have enough roots before you transplant them you need to make sure they're very well established they're healthy um, and you might want to pot them up a time or two before you plant them in the ground just to make sure they are strong enough to withstand that transplant shock. Mm-hmm. Um, like we took some, I took some figs to school fruit. They're, they're about three, a three inch log, uh, like widthwise in diameter. That's a fig yeah. that I, that I cut down from my fig tree. Um, cause it had some, it had some, uh, fig borers and I, and I ran into the bottom of it with a lawnmower and it started to rot. So I just mm. cut it down. And so I've got about six, you know, basically logs in a pot at school rooting. I did one and it rooted and it's the fastest growing one there is just because there's more energy that it wow. can shoot out into root. They root faster. They grow faster. Um, that's what just kind of figs. Uh, what kind of figs are they? I don't know. They're either it's either a brown turkey fig, um, or another type of fig. It's it's more of a smaller fig, um, right? Not a great producer, but I figured for the heck of it, I'd just do it because it was such such a girthy um, rooting. Sure. Um, what do you? Uh, how do you make figs? What do you use for, use them for? Uh, so you can eat them just as a fruit. Figs are inverted flowers. They're mm-hmm. either self-pollinating or pollinated by uh, a fig wasp. So they'll go inside the fig, pollinate it, and then die. And then the acid inside the flower dissolves it. <laughs> um, you can use Appetizing. it. <laughs> yeah. I love them. I absolutely love figs. 
they are my absolute favorite fruit. Really? Um, they're kind of they're kind of creamy and milky. You don't really get that in anything else. But we did. We just did thirteen uh, quart jars or thirteen pint jars of fig preserves. Um, you can use them out as hors d'oeuvres, cut them in half, put them on a cracker with cream cheese. My teacher, he's 78. He's an upstate New Yorker. He said, take them, wrap them in bacon, cook them in the <laughs> oven, cook them in the oven. And he says, oh, my gosh, he says they're the best thing. So I've got a handful that are waiting to ripe. As soon as those things ripen, I'm throwing them in the oven with uh, wrapped in bacon. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. That sounds awesome. I will. It does. It it sounds it sounds really good. I bet you they're all candied. Like by the time you do that, they're oh, you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's great. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some places you can sell. So I've sold on Facebook Marketplace, and then I set up a real quick website, GrowNutTrees.com. I've been selling quite a bit through there. And then uh, eBay, I've sold a few through eBay. One of the things that have been bothering me about eBay lately is they they freeze your money until the person receives it, which is, I, I don't know how long that's been going on, but, you know, I'm like, where's my money? I see the, I see the sale, but I didn't yeah. see anything come through from PayPal. Yeah, and eBay, over... eBay is a very buyer-friendly site. So yeah. you can, you can screw over the seller very easily by saying, yeah. Oh, I didn't get it. It didn't arrive. All those things. Um, but yeah. I wouldn't have thought to try to sell trees on eBay. That's, that's pretty smart. Oh yeah. They got lots of stuff on there like that. So the, uh, um, and most of the chestnuts are, I could compete with on price. And this is where doing local is good because then you're not competing on price. You're competing on it's local, but Hey, you know, I put, I've got 50 bazillion, chestnuts so i put some out there and uh and and some sold uh one of the things that's really funny is so my chestnuts are from this tree down at the elementary school right they're chinese chestnuts they're hybrids but i don't know how much they're hybrids they're from the chestnut farm the one that got frozen out so that's where he got the original chestnuts and he planted them in the ground and then they they took off so i've got a bunch of people that are just wound around the axle because they go, well, no, it can't be Chinese chestnuts. Well, how much are they hybridized? They they got to have American in there. And I'm just like, look, I don't know. They're hybrid. The guy down there hybrids them a whole bunch. You know, it's okay. And then uh, everybody wants these Dunstan chestnuts. Have you seen those? Because I, I haven't seen I haven't I haven't seen the Dunstan, but a buddy of mine who's in forestry talks about Darling Fifty One chestnuts. Yeah, so it's the same type um, of thing. So this dude Dunstan, like. 75 years ago or something found one tree that survived out of his old whole orchard one tree survived the blight so then he um he either crossed it or he grafted it and and then uh eventually it was once the patent ran out then some nursery down there in north carolina trademarked it and now they're selling them and i mean they they send them to walmart and stuff and people people want line up it, they tell you exactly when they're going to get to Walmart and all this stuff. They're they're pretty expensive, mm-hmm. but they're sold TM and you can't sell them. Technically, everybody does on on eBay, but you're not supposed to sell them because they're trademarked or whatever. So, but I've yeah. had all kinds of people <laughs> ask me for them. So I got some Dunstan chestnuts. 
from eBay, the actual seeds, and then I'll sprout those out and I'll say, look, you know, these are second generation Dunstan. They're not really Dunstans. They're not, I'm not breaking your little trademark. So, you know, but they're yeah. going to be a little bit more truer to Dunstan. <laughs> so plant patents are such a fun thing because the, it'll be pat that variety will be patented, but you'll have mm-hmm. another company come out and then repatent like that same plant looks right. the same. They just give it a different name. Sure. But so Darling 58 is a, um, it's a blight tolerant chestnut tree. They inserted a gene from a wheat, from a, from wheat into the chestnut and it's like 99.99 chestnut but that spliced um wheat gene and it what makes it almost completely immune to the the, bl- the blight um, uh, we can't have any gmo chestnuts oh no <laughs> i know right it's like it sounds spliced chestnuts it sounds but it's like is that how how bad is that you know was it a roundup ready wheat che- you know is it is it, <laughs> is it a roundup chestnut. ready wheat chestnut scene <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that's funny. Take it as you will. You know, I think that's honestly kind of really cool how they can do that. The science behind it is kind of awesome. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I've noticed, like I said, that a lot of the nurseries are not doing, um, not doing fall plants. And the reason for that is because they haven't gone dormant yet and they like to send bare root because then they don't have to send a pot. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of the nurseries now have moved away from doing the fall because then they'll just wait till they go dormant and then, mm. or they'll take orders and then they'll do it later after they go yeah. dormant. But, you know, then they'll sell them bare root and then they won't have to send a pot with, uh, you know, soil in it, which is real heavy. One thing you could always do is, you know, sh- your shrubbery around your house, azaleas, uh, cleara, um, camellia. Your boxwoods, your ilexes, any all the things like that, you can always take and root those. Yes, they could take up to three months before they put off their first root, and mm-hmm. it also could take roughly, you know, three years for them to grow to size. But still, if you're wanting to become a nursery and that want you want that to be like your long term goal, you need to think long term in creating, you know, nursery products. So every year. You can do make a hundred cuttings off of a boxwood, and so every year you just have you know another hundred cuttings coming in and doing their thing. Yeah, that's cool. So, what kind of uh, timing are you looking at to uh, to get your nursery going? You got to get your land situation yeah, the, taken the care pr- of. The property, well, we should hear back from the court about the middle of November, and as soon as we kind of get the okay it's going through me and my fiance are going to sit down figure out that what we're going to do and then we're going to buy a 16 by 120 foot hoop house oh wow and so we're going to use it for vegetable crop nursery production you know the whole thing and then uh, yeah it's gonna be great we're we're really getting close to that that's cool I'm getting all excited again. I know, me too. I'm like, I have a list of things to propagate. I want to propagate, you know, blueberries, elderberries, figs, beauty berries. I've got a whole list of things I want to get and propagate. (laughs) You're like, you're making me want to do it so much faster. Blackberries, dahlias, you know, hibiscus, all the stuff I kind of have around the house. And it's like, you're giving me more work to do. (laughs) Just getting so excited from it. Yeah, definitely. Take care. Are you thriving? 
Check out the Thriving Community Telegram group. It's where our community shares our solutions, our wins, and even our losses. Come and share your stories. Join by going to signup.thriveinthefuture.com. And check out Thriver News. It's thriving community news without the noise. It's where Purpin and I have more long-form articles about different topics, including homesteading, intentional living. For example, some of the things we've had here is how to make comfrey salve or balm on the fly. Uh, the challenge of being present, basically musings from around the fire pit. Teaching kids that failure is an option. A food forest walkthrough of year three, what worked and what didn't. So check it out at thriver.news. And if you like this episode, consider joining the Thriving Patreon, where you can get early episodes, extras, outtakes, ebooks, as well as lots of bonuses. That's at patreon.com slash thrive in the future. Thank you for listening to Thrive in the Future podcast. If you like what you hear, please click that like or subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Follow us on Twitter at Thrive in the Future and also go to thriveinthefuture.com.